Thank you for tuning into Air and Earth, the podcast that lifts you up and keeps you grounded. I'm your host, Melissa Moffat, and I'm here to share some information that I've found helpful in my own life, as well as interview people on topics ranging from self-love of body, soul, and mind, social, environmental, and animal justice, mindfulness, business, relationships, ethics, and so much more with the intention of supporting you on your healing and growth journey as you strive to love yourself, those around you, and the planet just a little more. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Air and Earth Podcast. On today's episode, we have one of my very good friends on the show. Her name is Eleonora Zampati, and she is a yoga teacher and a writer. And what she shares about a lot of times, it's heavy stuff, but it's stuff that it, it's super needed. It's super, super needed. So it's all about relationships when they can turn ugly, when we're in relationships where we're being controlled or there's emotional um, or even physical abuse. So I just want to say that there, you know, like there is a bit of a trigger warning for this episode as far as that goes, but we don't go into the abuse side of it, more of the, okay, here's how to get yourself out of it. Here's how to move on. Here's how to find your inner strength and your forgiveness and your clarity and your peace afterward. So if you have been in this kind of relationship, this might be a good episode. Um, If you haven't, this might be a good episode to practice empathy and, and learn a bit about what other sides of life are like for people. So Before we dive in, I have a few reminders. First of all, thank you all for continuing to share the episodes. seems like every week I have lots of people sharing on their Instagram story or uh, coming and saying like, oh, I found this episode through my friend. So please keep sharing. Share on social media. Tell your friends. It helps me. It helps me really get the word out there and you know, I, I love making this podcast. I really do. It's one of my favorite things to do now, and it just means so much to see it growing. So yeah, please keep sharing. If you are listening on iTunes, please take two minutes to go leave a review. If you do, take a screenshot and send it to me. Email it to me. My email is M-E-L-M-O-F as in Frank at Outlook.com. You can find that on my Instagram, on my website, Just send me the screenshot of your review and I will send you a free 20-minute long guided meditation. I also want to remind you all that I have a retreat coming up. It's in Iceland. It's with my friend Michaela Millington. We are going to be practicing yoga, meditation, journaling. We're going to have some personal development workshops. It's from October 10th through the 15th. So, I mean, we're going to be in Iceland. Like, it's the nature there is freaking incredible. We're going to be connecting back to the earth, connecting to ourselves, connecting to others. If you're interested in going, please feel free to email me. Reach out to me with a DM. Let's chat about it. It's going to be an awesome time, and we have a few more spots open for that. And I also want to let you all know that if you love what you hear on this podcast, if you love my solo episodes, if you love the mission that I'm here sharing, love yourself, love others, love the planet, and you want more of that, there are ways that you can study more with me. I have online guides, so I have a few 
things that you can dive into. One is a guided meditation album that comes with the meditation guide. The second is the growth guide, which takes those meditations and dives deeper and puts it into a 12-day program. So each day you are covering a different topic. It might be about presence. It might be about facing your fears. It might be about gratitude. But you read, you journal, and you really get this momentum going of having that connection to yourself so that you can have more clarity in your life and you can have, you can make better decisions for yourself. So if you want either of those guides, I have the link down below to my shop and you can get 20% off using the code PODCAST20, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-20 for either of those guides. Also, I want to let you all know that my two-month mindfulness program, Worthy, is coming back around very soon. I will be opening up enrollment in just a few short weeks, so if you want to get on the wait list for that, there's a link down below as well on my website where you can read all about the two-month-long course and and get on the wait list. So that's all for today. I just wanted to give a quick little run-through of what's coming up. And let's dive into the episode. Hi, Eleonora. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited too. Can't wait. Can't wait for this. I'm ready. (laughs) I know. I know. So I wanted to give the story of how we met. So we had gone back and forth on Instagram, like commenting on each other's posts, things like that. And then... I was in New York City. I literally, like, got there. This was over a year ago now. This was April of last year. And I got there. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. I got there. I, like, landed. And I was invited to your class. And Melanie invited me. And so I literally landed. And I came to your class. And it was a class for yoga teachers. And the class kicked my butt in, like, all the best ways. It was such a good class. It was so fun. At one point, you had us doing – well, you had everyone else doing. I could not do it, but I was very inspired. I went home and tried a lot. We were doing um, Pincha to Baby Crow. Baby Crow. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. This woman is amazing. Was, I remember how you were, like, what were you wearing? I remember you were wearing the earth collar. Dude, oh my gosh, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first time we met and it was it was so fun, yeah. Yeah, and, and then you, and yeah. then after Cassie came over and you told me who you were, I was like, oh my God, because it, it, that's what happens to me every time that I meet somebody that I met on Instagram. I most likely don't recognize them in real life. And then you told me who you were and I was like, Oh my God, you're just like I. I just love you so much. Oh my God, I love you. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You had to run away because I was yeah. pictures. You had to run away. Yeah, it's so funny how that happens. I remember I didn't even know that you were going to be teaching the class. Melanie was just like, "Come take this class," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I showed up, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> so oh my God, this girl has an accent. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second it's <laughs> so funny well I want to first dive in with asking you about so along the same lines of Instagram I love the stuff you share I love 
I love the way you write. I love how open you are. I love your messages. I just, I really love your story and how open you are to sharing it. And I think that it helps a lot of people. And we'll get more into your story. But I want to know about that process for you, how you came to a place where you were wanting to share your story and how you became so open with being vulnerable and and sharing your story in that way so um when I was living in Italy I was uh, what probably could be considered a, a writer and I was it for all my life that in, in Italy the education system is so much different than the American system so just to make a very long story short you choose your major in high school so when you're 14, you're asked to choose your major. And I always choose fine arts. So I was the type of kid that expressed, uh, that couldn't keep the feelings in. I had to keep expressing them. So I was doing that through photography, through art. So I paint, mm-hmm. uh, I draw. But more than anything, the, the, the one tool that I had to express myself the best was writing. So it was always writing, always, always, always. So we, it was, I'm way more older than what people think. So we were living in an area where there was no cell phones, there was no phone, no computer, no internet. So uh, I I was that type of kid that was going around with a camera, film camera, p- taking pictures of everything and draw everything that I could draw and writing constantly uh, everything that I felt. So I think that my Instagram journey started when I was started when I was fourteen, because basically I am describing what Instagram is now. And I always yeah. did it. So I always took a picture and wrote a story according to that picture. So I was using the pictures that I was taking as a title to whatever I was writing. And everything that I was writing was always me. I never, I was writing stories, but the stories were the stories about who I was. Um, so I always had this type of, uh, of way to share whatever was going on within myself. Uh, um, so writing for me was always that. And when I discovered Instagram, I was in the United States already. And, uh, oh, my God, I can post a picture and I can write about this was created for me. <laughs> and at the beginning, <laughs> it was just a picture of me yeah. and my cat. Back then, I had only one cat. And uh, I didn't really tune in into what this tool could be as an artistic uh, um, expression. And then yoga came in my life and it became very natural for me to start to use uh, the movement of my body and the image that came with it to tell stories, but not stories in general, to tell my story. So it's just like, that's how it started. And I think that that's why people think that I am so open. Believe mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. the past year, I hold myself back a lot. But uh, it's funny because everybody comes to me and is like, oh my God, you share so open and you share, you share all your vulnerability. And, mm. and, 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 and I feel like I don't. I feel like I share something, but not everything. Um, so it's very interesting what the perception mm. of other people is. I guess that it feels natural just because it is natural yeah. for me. Instead of writing my diary, which I always add, I am now using Instagram to do that. Um, mm. But yeah, I write. I, I, I tell stories. I tell everybody my story constantly. I always did since I was a kid. Well, I love, I love the way you share it too, though, because I feel like you have a really good way of sharing hard stuff that you've been through within yourself and, um, you know, in relationships, just in life in general, but using it as a way to uplift and 
make others feel like they're not alone and help them see that they are supported and that they can get through things. It's not like, you know, I've seen some shares that are like, and there's nothing really wrong with this, I don't think, but almost more of like, this is what I'm going through. But it seems like you share after you've kind of processed a little bit and you have some some value to add to the lives of others. Does that make it sense? It makes sense, but sharing is what makes me process it. I think that the luck that I have, and I'm talking to you in a moment of my life that is very, very interesting. Um, the luck that I had so far was that um, I didn't have any anger. It doesn't matter what happened in my life. I was not angry. So when I decide to share the most terrible things that happened to me, I don't want to share that thing to blame others. You know, I don't want to share it to shame whoever did something to me. And especially in the world that we're living in now, I don't want my word to be perceived as word against the, the gender, the men, men. I don't want that to happen. I have no anger and no, and, and it, it's really important for me when I share that anger doesn't come through because I didn't have any anger within myself. What was important for me was to, first of all, connect, share to let go so that I could process what was going on within myself. And also it was more, more, very important for me to kind of break the silence around the topics that I talk about it because, um, and if we go in my story, then it will become more clear. Silence, it, it's the biggest weapon that abuser of any kind have on their victim. They convince them that they are doing something wrong, that they are the cause of whatever is happening to them. And so it comes to shame. And so we don't talk. And by not talking, we don't realize what's going on. As soon as you talk, as soon as you share, you realize that, first of all, you're not alone. And, and then you have, you know, having a confrontation with somebody else makes you change perspective on things. And then there is the cathartic power of writing. So in the moment that you're writing where you feel, at least for me, in the moment that I write what happens to me, I process it, I see it, I heal from it. So I think that these are the reasons why my writing is not so harsh. I mean, it is harsh sometimes, but it's not harsh on people because my main main goal in writing it's to heal so you can't heal with anger and i don't want anger in my words we live in a world that is violent and and you know arrogant and i don't want to be there i want my words to be a safe place but i also want to call people out when they do something you know with you it's not that i'm a saint at all i do want to call out wrong behavior but I don't want to do it with anger. Otherwise, I became the same person that I'm talking about. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so. that does make sense. Yeah. So, yeah, will you share a bit of your story? And, you know, oh, yeah. we're, we're talking about you like, <laughs> like and people listening are like, what? What? What's her story? Okay. What's her story? Um, as you can all hear, I am not from the United States. I'm originally from Italy. I uh, grew up in Milano. Um, I was always a very, 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 very creative, bubbling uh, person. I now realize that what the word that defines me the best, it's I'm an empath. I was not aware of that. 
I have no ability to put boundaries. I believe uh, in the best of people all the times and I adore to connect to people and I'm always trying to heal people. So I'm always there for you, whatever you need to, because that meets, fulfills my heart. Um, uh, so uh, I was an artist. And the times that I live in Italy, it's kind of a... Being an artist in Italy, it's not the easiest thing to do. So I always suffered and struggled a lot. Um, I never understood. I never uh, felt that I was understood. Neither from my family, which was an amazing family, but they really couldn't understand who I was because I was a lot to deal with. Um, and neither from the people around me in general. So I got to a point in my life uh, where I needed to change something and I was very unhappy. I went through a lot of depression and I went through a lot of problems, uh, eating disorders, horrible relationships. So then I decided to physically leave Italy and go and explore the United States. And, you know, I had this American dream. A lot of Italian people have it. So I was like, I'm going to America and I'm going to... I'm going to follow the American dream and I'm going to and I'm going to succeed in being an artist and in being who I am. Um, the journey was harsh, <laughs> but it kind of worked. <laughs> I have to be honest. So I moved to the United States 12 years ago. I moved um, as a student. I, need to I needed to find a way to stay in the United States. Uh, and back then I was dating um, a guy that was living in New York City. So we were in a long distance relationship for two years before I decided to move in New York City. He was a tattoo artist, so he was an artist as well. And I decided to enroll a dance academy. Also, if I never danced one day in my life before that. But it was the best way that I had to get a student visa to come to the United States. And I always was in movement. I was teaching back then. I was quick and step. I was a fitness instructor, personal trainer. So I was like, that's perfect. So I can keep moving. I'm going to have my F1 student, which allows you to be in the United States legally without spending a fortune, because it was an affordable school. So I came over and I spent the first five years uh, um, on a student visa um, in a dance academy. <laughs> that was a lot. I learned a lot about myself because, I, again, I was not a dancer. So I learned a lot about myself in that dance academy. <laughs> and then meanwhile, I started to leave uh, United, the, life, the American life, and I fell in love with it. Um, it did definitely was what I expected. Like uh, It fulfilled completely my American dream. I felt that this country is a country that gives you the possibility to to be whoever you are. If you and if you work hard for it, you get it. The, the doors are open. You just have to work for it. Um, and um, while that was happening, you're still taking somebody that lived 30 years of her life in Italy. I didn't speak one word of English when I came over here, and you're asking this person to basically start over from zero. It doesn't matter if I was dating somebody. I was alone. And it's a huge change because I was very, very, very dependent upon my family in many emotional ways. And so to cut that cord and start all over again at 30 years old and learn a new language and do everything, you become a, um, a prey for people that are there to get you. And that's exactly what happened to me. The relationship, uh, the first relationship that I moved in, in the United States for didn't really work out. And I met this person that it was the perfect um, prince and he treated me as a prince and he promised me i remember that when i met him he told me i'm gonna teach you what it means to be loved and, and that was my first really uh, interesting uh, abusive relationship it lasted five years it was very 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 draining 
and it's the and I was alone and I was completely controlled by him. Uh, I did have a very abusive relationship in Italy as well, but it was much easier for me because my family was there. So whatever was happening in that relationship, I had a strong uh, uh, backup, um, and I had people there for me talking. And the, the ni- dynamic of conflict in Italy is very much different than the way that conflict is uh, <laughs> expressed in the United States. So it's much, much easier in English because in Italy, because there was a fight, we were fighting, and everybody knew about it. So you yeah alone yeah, and then I come in, in the United States, and and there is this. Uh, overall tendency of not being confrontational at all so everything gets locked in and it's almost a shame to share that you're going through yeah yeah it's almost a shame to confront the person that is putting you through something because then the first thing that they say oh my god you're too much you're so emotional you need to check yourself go do yoga which is what happened in this relationship when they told me, you're crazy, you need yoga. And I will never stop thanking him for that because that's exactly what I did. I walked out of home, I found a yoga studio, and I took my first yoga class after this huge fight with him. And slowly, very, very slowly, yoga helped me to look within and, and to listen to what my body was trying to tell me, and I was not listening. So it was... a you know, it was an open, uh, a way to open my eyes and realize that everything was wrong and I needed to take control over my life and I needed to leave and I needed to flip the relationship and I needed to think about myself. Well, and I did. I, I, I left him. And of course, whenever a relationship ends, it doesn't end, you know, there might, almost must be a catastrophe for you to, to start over again. Otherwise, you stay into these abusive patterns. So I left. It was a very, 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 very hard uh, breakup and I moved it from New York City where I was living I decided to move in New Jersey because I came to the shore and I fell in love with uh, with the nature and the rhythm of this area and I was like I'm done with New York City New York City doesn't give me anything more than panic attacks and anxiety I'm going in the nature and I'm gonna keep working in you know in in in, in New York City and, and I'm gonna rebuild my life little I knew <laughs> that um, moving in, it was very hard to commute to New York first. In in New Jersey, if you don't have a car, it's hard. And um, the small community, a lot of uh, chance to build the relationships that are really more deep, but also a lot of drama in the small community. And I was not, not used to suburbia kind of living. Um, I ended up in another relationship that now today I can say was uh, destructive into so many levels. And so basically I moved from an abusive relationship to another abusive relationship. And I didn't know that this one was abusive because it was less abusive than the other one. So I spent the last 12 years of my life in the United States uh, um, being controlled and tamed by men that um, never loved me that just wanted to suck everything that I had to offer from them. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I can say tame me, but definitely control me. And uh, it was interesting because while I was in this uh, uh, second relationship, I was able, there was a false sense of security that he gave me. It always made me feel like I was supported. And financially, he was stable, so I could kind of do things. And um, and it's during that relationship that I started to dedicate my life to bring awareness on the topic of domestic 
domestic violence. And I created this uh, um, 501c3 foundation that it's called O to the Moon that uses yoga, art, and music to bring awareness on the topic. So I have a, I did it with a friend of mine. She's a singer. We basically go around and do events, yoga events uh, with live music to, to use music and movements to, to create a conversation, to talk about the topic, to break the silence, and to assist those who need help and direct them to the proper helper, which is a, if it's a shelter, is a shelter, if it's a lawyer, is a lawyer. So to kind of like start to talk because domestic violence out of everything is one of those topics that people don't want to talk about it because there's like, it, it really makes people feel uncomfortable. Um, so I started that and I was, uh, and I was like kind of blind to the reality of my, what my life really was. Uh, you know, everybody around me could kind of sense that something was wrong, but I couldn't. I couldn't simply because I was coming from a way more abusive relationship into this one that was not like I don't I don't I didn't know what it means to be loved because if you think about it I'm I'm today I'm I'm almost 38 next week is my birthday and I spent the last 12 years of my life in wrong relationships so how do you know what love really is if you never had a, if you never had somebody that really loved you you don't know what a healthy relationship is if you've always been in, into an unhealthy one. All you know is that maybe this is better than the one that it was before, so maybe this is what is normal. And um, and then last year I ended that relationship and I'm finally, I think, in a place where I can be me and where I am loved. And I'm rebuilding myself all over again. But to be honest with you, this time there is anger. And there is a lot of, uh, of things that I have to face, especially at my age. It becomes way harder to start over, all over again, to trust people again, to trust yourself, to forgive yourself for being, I don't want to use this word in a bad way, but to, to be too stupid to see what everybody saw and you didn't. So... So yeah, that's my story. Um, it's 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 kind of interesting, and it's um, definitely I will not change anything because I'm happy with who I am, especially today. But um, I don't want people to go through what I went through. So if I can somehow, by sharing my story, open the eyes of somebody a little earlier than what my my than when mine opened. Um, then I feel like I fulfilled my purpose in life because I really don't want people to be to go through what I went through at all. I want people to be happy. I want women or men that are in an abusive relationship to feel safe enough to say, I'm suffering, I can't take this anymore, help me. Because I never asked for help and that was my biggest mistake. I never truly share what was going on in closed door at home because I knew that was wrong. And if I was going to tell, oh, this person just did, you know, my husband just did this to me, people were like going to say something and judge him. And I didn't want him to be judged because I felt that I was wrong, not him. So if he did this, it's because it's my fault. Like I'm giving you a stupid example. I never, in five years of the past relationship that I had, I was never allowed to have the keys of the place where we were living. You don't get the keys. The place is mine and uh, I'll leave you the door open. And I thought it was normal. 
I thought it was completely normal when I came into when I when we rented this place because now I'm in another relationship and it seems to be a good one. <laughs> but I remember when we decided to go to live together and we found the apartment and we went to sign the lease. My name, like the guy, the guy that owns the place put my name on the lease. And I remember like taking the lease in my hands and looking at the lease. And there was my name next to Brandon's name. Brandon's my partner now. And then he gave us two set of keys. And one was Brandon and one was mine. And I remember like having the, in my hands this like lease and this key and just like feeling weird. Like, whoa, is this how it's supposed to be? And like being completely lost because... I, the feeling that I was having by owning the keys of my same, my own place was not my own place of our place was something I never experienced before. So when I told this to my, to the friends that I have now, they looked at me like if I was crazy, like, what do you mean you didn't have the keys? Yeah, I didn't have the keys. And you think that's normal? Yes. No, Leonora, it's not normal. So I would like by saying this story that somebody that is in the same position understand that this is a simple example and it's not even so crazy if you think about it, it's not a violent violent thing that was done against me, but it's an ultimate form of control that it was applied to me. And uh, so I want, if anybody listened to this story and, and they realize and they recognize themselves in it, just that's not okay. That's not what a relationship is. Now that you're, you said you're in this place where you're like relearning to trust yourself and to trust others. After being in that place for so long where relationships were, you were very controlled, how, how is that for you now? You know, how, how do you start to work to begin to trust yourself and to have that discernment of like, this person I can trust, this person needs to, like, not be in my life. <sighs> it's hard. It's really hard. And that's why I'm telling you, this has been the hardest year of my life. Um, it would be easier if the person that I left before could just let me go. But he can't. He can't. So it's this continuous fight from him where he's doing everything he can doesn't matter also if we're divorced legally divorced there's nothing to tie us together anymore I let him win on every aspect everything he wanted he got it I just wanted to be free I just wanted to go and live my life um, but at the same time I learned to say no I put boundaries and I completely blocked him out which was devastating for me because I'm not that type of person. I don't know how to put boundaries. That's one of the hardest things that I had to learn in my life. And for me to learn to say no, it was the hardest thing that I had to do, especially to somebody that honestly I did love. Um, and that thing, that thing that I did, no, just made him crazy. So I'm still dealing now that he cannot control me anymore. He's trying to control everything that other people think, what people think about me. And so it's creating so many problems to my daily life in a small community where everybody knows each other. So I have to deal with these things that are meant specifically to make me mad or make me have a meltdown. Um, make me have a meltdown, it's extremely easy. To be honest with you, 
um, I'm vulnerable and I am not, I am not shamed to say that I'm not, you know, I'm the kind of person that feels so much that if you do something to hurt me, oh, guess what? You're going to hurt me. It works. It takes nothing and I'm going to get hurt. Um, but what really is being capable to do, it's to, it's to make me angry, which is something that it was impossible. I never let anger um, rule my life. But now I have so much anger inside and um, it's poison for me. It makes me sad because um, I don't want to lash out on other people. So I'm trying to process this feeling that it's not a feeling that I'm used to. And the, instead of, of expressing anger some, somehow, I am taking it off on myself. So my body crashed. I can't, you, I got all the sort of injuries that you can imagine by not doing anything. They just came out. They're just like, you know, manifesting through my body and because I can keep this anger inside. So I can't move the way that I was moving before. So I don't have that outlet. Um, and there is this old kind of phase where I am uh, trying to forgive myself for not seeing what it was there. And in the meanwhile, I'm also like building another relationship, which to be honest, is uh, this man, Brandon, is, uh, is everything I, I say to everybody. I wish that everybody in life could meet once somebody like Brandon. Because it's really uh, the most uh, grounding and uh, caring and uh, um, good person that I've ever met in my life. So he's making this part of trusting him very easy. It's impossible not to trust him. Uh, and he's also there to basically catch me every time that I'm falling. And I am falling a lot because he recognized um, how hard it is for me to start to trust the, anything. I mean, I can, you know, I I want to trust him and I know that he deserves my trust, but then there's a part of me that is uh, just thinking about what I've been through and projecting it on him. So I am lucky because he's able to handle it, but it's extremely hard to be in the position where I am right now because a part of me recognized very clearly that the past is the past and I need to move on. But the trauma that comes from my past is so deep, deep, deep into my body, like really in my muscle. And, he, and, he, and, and I have to find a way to let it go. And I'm working on it. Sharing helps a lot. Um, and I guess that what will help the most will be, will be to finally understand that anger, it's allowed. Violence is not. Yeah. Yeah. But anger is allowed. Yes. I am allowed to be angry. I need to stop thinking that I yes. need to be Zen because, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm you. I'm only you. Yeah. Yeah. You have to feel the stuff. Right. You have to feel the stuff. Brandon, you have to tells feel me, it. Brandon took me to do like mountain biking and um, climbing and he makes me do this thing so hard. Like, he's like, well, let's go for a hike. And he takes me to the highest mountain that you can think in Lake Placid with no food for hours. <laughs> You know, like he does make me do things that are a little more physically out of my comfort zone. But now he's telling me things, that, and I am I'm seriously um, considering, he's telling me basically to try to take this anger that I have and go ahead and take, a, a, you know, an MMA class, jiu-jitsu. He told me, go and punch, no, punch, not people to punch people because you want to, but like, just go and use your body to release that anger. I still just didn't do it. 
uh, my, I'm considering it. <laughs> I'm still in the process of understanding that I am allowed to be angry and I should be angry. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting year. It's, it's, a lot is changing. Yeah. You know what right. I've done? You know what I've done in the past when I've been really angry? Like whenever something has happened to me in relationships or anything like that? Well, I live in the middle of nowhere, so I don't know if this is like possible for you. I I literally let myself like scream. Oh, he told me to do that because what I do when I get very angry, which I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but that's what helps me. I take my car and I drive. I blast the music and I just don't want anybody. I take my car and I start driving around. Now, the funny part is that I bought myself a little Fiat. I don't know if you guys know what a Fiat is. So it's a very small car in New Jersey. I don't know if you people know how people in New Jersey drive. And I'm going around with my Fiat listening to music to try not to be angry. And everybody around me is pissing me off on the road because New Jersey people are <laughs> maniac. So it never really works. Like I get even more angry. But what he told me is like, you can take your car, go in a parking lot, blast the music, and just scream. I might do that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it can't. It, it helps. I can't scream. I don't have any you can't? I can't scream. I can't chant. I can't really. You can't like. Yeah, I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's my screaming. Oh. You could just. You could have like a pouty fit. Like you could like stomp your feet and be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know I need I mean? to release that anger and just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right. you brought up forgiveness too. And I'm really curious to hear what that kind of looks like for you, that process of forgiveness. Is it forgiveness for yourself? Is it forgiveness for others? So I like what what is that? That's very interesting. And I hope that my words don't offend anybody because when we talk about things like that, you know, like you might go into, you know, a more like spiritual and religious path and I don't want and I don't want to offend anybody with my words, but I believe in God. Um, that doesn't necessarily means that I, I, I grew up Roman Catholic and it doesn't necessarily means that I am the, that I follow the scriptures to the dot or that I go to, you know, mass or things like that. But I do believe in God and I grew up and I grew up believing in God. I went to university and and one of my major was theology. So I am strictly connected to the relationship that man has with the concept of faith and with the concept of religion. And, uh, one of the most beautiful things that comes from, uh, um, you know, believing in God in the way that I do is that technically speaking, uh, um, you're not you're you're not supposed to hold any grudge. You're not supposed to seek for revenge. You're not supposed to you know you, you God. If that is in the end of God, so if you have any problem and you, if if somebody needs to you know karma, I we're calling it that is in the end of revenge is in the end of God. And all is left for you is to forgive, and forgive is a gift for yourself. Not definitely, not not only for the person that you're forgiving, but forgive, forgiveness is a, technically speaking, if we stick with the scripture, forgiveness is something, it's a gift that God gave you to live a better life. And if you're capable of forgiving, you are going to be healthier. You are going to be happier. It's for you, right? And I truly believe that. And I and, and, and since I believe in God, I, I do believe in this figure that takes care of me. Um, um, I don't believe in the man with the beard uh, that is above me. Okay? 
that's very important for me. You know, for example, that's why I decided to come to live in New Jersey is because uh, it, there's a lot of nature here, and I can go in the woods and I can take my bike, go in the woods, sit down, and I feel God is with me right there, and I feel that He's taking care of me, and I feel that He never failed me. It doesn't matter how hard my life was. He protected me and I felt protected by him. And I do love to believe that uh, he's going to take care of it. And all I have to do is to forgive. And I am extremely good in forgiving others. That's why people take advantage of, I forgive you. If you apologize, but also if you don't, I'm an empath. So I, I can't understand everything that you're going through. And I, I, I want to be happy and I forgive you. I am extremely bad in forgiving myself. Because whatever, you know, if I forgive you, it means that I'm blaming myself. And that's a pattern that I need to learn how to uh, break. Because I truly want to love myself. And I truly want to forgive myself for whatever mistakes I made with uh, taking responsibility for the mistake that I have made. I love to apologize if I'm wrong and I, and I, and I love to be forgiven. Forgiving myself is something that I really still don't know how to to do. And that comes, I think, from a lot of uh, um, personal work that I'm still, you know. I was so busy taking care of others in this relationship that I had that I, I didn't take any energy of taking care of myself. And, and, and this is the biggest lesson that I did. If I can forgive myself for, for being... Uh, um, so empathetic, then I think that I will be able to truly heal. But I, I, I still didn't figure that out. <laughs> so I'm working. But I can forgive everybody else. It's so much easier for me. Yeah, it's, it's a you long know? process. So. Yeah. But forgiveness is a gift. I will define it as that. And it's a gift, the best gift that you can give to yourself. You know, when you get, when you get deep into yoga and when you, when you, when you get deep into your practice and when you take enough time to to try to work on yourself also through movements, for example, the asana helped me a lot. It's very, very interesting because when I'm on my mat and I'm moving them, I'm capable of forgiving every mistake that I make on the mat because I understand that it's a process and I understand that um, I need to trust the process. So on my mat, I'm a totally different person. I, uh, I love myself, I feel strong, and I am capable of forgiving anything that I'm doing. It's when I step out of the mat and I try to be in the life that I have trouble doing all the things listed here because it's, it's, it's just like I'm not feeling like I'm in my place of power. I'm feeling like I am in this world that um, scares me so much. And uh, trusting, it's another thing that I, I used to trust everybody and I used to trust everything and I used to trust myself and now i'm in this place where i'm very 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 scared of everybody because of what i've been through the past year it's just like uh, guys who is there who is there to get me i'm ready so that's how i live you know like i live constantly knowing that or fearing that something can can be done to me which is very easy again i'm open so it's easy to hurt me there's there's a practice that I do, and maybe this will be helpful to anyone listening, and maybe it, it'd be fun to try. I'd be interested to see, like, if you tried it, how it would feel. Um, but this is what I, I do whenever I'm working on forgiving myself for something or anything or lots of things. <laughs> um, 
and I just started doing this in the last few months and I've felt a big difference in, in how I feel, like how my fears are and how, how I feel like, okay, like I can see my patterns more clearly, you know, so I'm less likely to, to, to repeat them. And I write down everything that I've done, all the fears, anytime I've limited myself. Anytime I've, oh, can you hear okay. <laughs> He wants to, call. there's my cat crying outside of the door, by the way. <laughs> I've never had him like bark in an episode before. So for everybody listening, Hi, that's right. Yeah. What a silly boy. Um, but I write down literally everything and, and then I go through and for each one, I let myself feel it and sometimes it brings up a lot of stuff like this practice is hard it like doesn't feel good while you're doing it but after you feel lighter so you let yourself feel everything you know if you have to visualize it if you have to like talk about it out loud whatever it is you have to you have to feel it and then I say out loud I forgive you I forgive myself I forgive all the other people involved in this. I love and accept myself anyway. I know I've learned lessons from this. Like you just like say all this stuff about how, okay, I'm letting this go. I'm moving on. And you kind of have to repeat it sometimes, but, but you'll find this like these things aren't as heavy anymore. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, in, in yoga, when you're, when you're moving, when you're on your mat, you're literally right. going through a practice, right? And it's like, this is like a practice that you can do is to like, how, how, because letting go and forgiveness, it's like, it's such a hard thing. It's not tangible, you know? It is, it is. So it's like, it how is. can you it make really it tangible? Is. Especially when it has to do with yourself. Exactly. Especially it's if you're like a, do with a nice person. It's so much easier. Yeah, it's so much easier to forgive somebody else because it's almost like you are in into- like if somebody hurt you, you know that you can let that go and then you can free that person. But if if he's within yourself, who's giving you the okay to let it go? Who's giving you that validation? And I am looking for that validation within myself. And I think that I didn't find that strength within myself that I it's the ultimate strength to say I forgive you, Eleonora. I know who you are and I forgive you. I have to forgive myself. I don't have to look that in, into anybody else, into God, into the universe, into the person next to me. It's me. And until I'm not ready to let that go, I will not be ready to fully live my life. And I am perfectly aware of that limitation that I am myself giving to myself. I love what you suggested to do. I, again, writing, it's one of the... And also, it's funny because I had to relearn another language. So I cannot write in Italian anymore. But it's really hard to write in English. Like, it's it, it's almost like I'm, I've been living in this limbo for a while now. And again, it's it's an interesting self-discovery, self-discovering uh, process that is taking a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's something too, like when you start to, you know, 
I've been I've been through this too where it's like when you give your power away for so long you know mm-hmm. and when you're in a place where you're open to giving your power away and people come in and they like the people come in and they take it you know yeah. like the people who are there to who like through whatever experiences they've had are in a place where they're needing to like leech off of other people to feel powerful and to feel in control. When we start to take that back, it's like, Oh, it's hard. It's hard. You know, like, cause then it's, you're, it's like, I'm taking responsibility for what I've been through. I'm taking responsibility for the actions that have happened to me for, for, the the boundaries that I didn't set and it's freaking hard and there and you there is so much to forgive you know yes yes I totally agree and uh, again um, we should all practice doing that we should all practice trying to forgive our mis- own mistakes but I found uh, something that I have to say to you is that um, I did hurt people. You know, in the process of my life, I hurt people. And I did it for a reason or for another, but I hurt people. I found it extremely powerful to reach out to the person that I hurt. doesn't matter what bad, how bad the relationship is. I found a very person to sit down and to just like truly look them in the eye, face to face, and, and tell them, I am sorry for what I've done to you. But face to face, you know, like having heart-to-heart conversation with those who you hurt to see that they are capable of forgiving you that will give you the strength that you need to forgive yourself so taking responsibility for the things that you have done to others and reach out to others and ask them you know ask them for forgiveness and receiving that forgiveness will teach that you event it's very powerful because every time i do that and every time that it, it never went wrong it always went very well. Every time I did that, it, w- it was always a great experience. And doing that empowered me somehow and gave me a little more strength and hopefully will take me to the point where I can do that for me. But it has to be the, the, the face-to-face part that re- it's very important. <laughs> I mean, that helped me the most. I did it also via, you know, there's sometimes you cannot see somebody for different reasons. But... You can do it via email as well. You can do it via text message as well. But I, I think the human contact and true connection face-to-face, maybe, you know, end the conversation with a real hug and a real human connection, it, it brings you back to reality and it brings you back to the present moment. And it teaches you to feel, really, truly feel who you are um, and walk through the body. I, I think, you know, it's interesting. This concept of forgiveness is really deep. It's, re- it's probably the hardest thing that we do in life is to learn how to forgive ourselves. It is. Yeah. I think it takes a lifetime. And it's something we have to do over and over and over and over again. I, I think, yeah. And I think for a long time, you know, what what I see, what I saw within myself and what I've seen within mm-hmm. lots of people is that yep. you kind of build up 
things that you have to forgive. Burn you ignite. You know, you ignore it. Everything's fine. Yes, I will stay in this relationship. Yes, I'll stay in this career. Yeah, you just like push it down. And then so when you first start and you're like, I have a lot to let go of. I have a lot that needs to change. I have a lot that I need to forgive in myself. It's, it feels like a lot and it's heavy and it's scary. But then over time, as yeah, you like keep, I agree. keep doing it and you keep practicing it, it gets easier because literally like you're letting yourself feel stuff. I agree. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. There should be like forgiveness classes. <laughs> I know. I know. Forgiveness. <laughs> because for example there are people that i know that um don't suffer from you know there are people that i know that are like super fine with not forgiving you ever (laughs) just like you did wrong to me you're dead to me bye and they moved on to the next and they never look back sometimes (laughs) i look at them i'm like what i'm wondering how that how is that feeling of like yeah it's very interesting you know there are people that are like very 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 good in not forgiving and i'm very always very interested it's gonna come out somewhere i don't know i don't know but they seems to be you know it's it's interesting to kind of like if if somebody's out there that has this thing you say you know like you did wrong to me and i'm done with you and I'm not going to forgive you and I don't care about forgiving you. There are people like that. I'm always curious to understand how that works. I don't even <laughs> want to know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do that. That seems like... It seems a lot to carry oh my gosh. to me. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it a it baggage does. of pain and poison that you will keep on your shoulder for the rest of your life. But I don't want to judge. There's people that are like, Honestly, there are people that feel different and, you know, if anybody's listening to my words and say, oh my God, you know, forgiveness, it's something that I don't want to explore, explore, explore. I'm like, okay, I would like to understand, you know, I, don't know, I would like to understand how that works. Yeah. Well, just to wrap it up, since a lot of what we've yeah. been talking about is relationship stuff, what would you suggest to someone who is like resonating with what you've been going through and what you've been talking about and what would you suggest? How did they start? Yeah. So, um, I am not, um, I hate to give advices because I don't want to, I feel that I am, you know, I mean, I hate, I, I just like to share and say this worked for me and I hope that it can work for you. Um, so if you're going through a bad relationship, if you're going through an abusive relationship, if you are in any way controlled or if you're suffering, um, what helped me the most was to share, was to talk. Uh, find, to find somebody willing to listen to you and to listen to what they have to tell you after you shared your story. And maybe if you're lucky to find somebody that is in your same position, helped me so much, so much, because it really truly made me realize that I am not alone. I was not the only one. This like, oh, you're successful, you're cute, you're bubbling, you're smart, you're 
how did you put yourself in this situation? Well, I didn't speak about it. That's how. I didn't share. I did not know that that was not normal, if normal is the right word. I did not know that being loved meant to be, to be, I didn't know the love was easy. I thought that to love somebody meant to climb this mountain and struggle with all yourself because that's what love is. And now I know that love is easy, that it works, that everything flows when it's right. And, you know, that fighting is not something that has to happen every day. The conflict doesn't belong to a relationship. And that if somebody makes you feel small, then it's not the right person for you. If somebody makes you feel wrong, then it's not right. If you feel not worthy, then you need to change something. Um, but I know it because I had the courage to talk about it. I know because somehow within myself, one day, and I will remember for the rest of my life, um, I, was sitting, uh, I was sitting with Brandon, which was a friend at, at the time, and um, I had all these feelings for him. And I, I knew that I loved him so much, but I couldn't love him because I was in another relationship. I was married, so I couldn't love him. My marriage was falling apart and nobody knew it. Nobody, nobody, not my mom, not my sister, nobody knew how unhappy I was. I knew it, but nobody else knew it. And I had very close friends, but I never told anybody. And here I am sitting in a room with this man that I have so much feelings for and I cannot add those feelings. Um, and we were watching a movie and I don't know how it happened, but it just came out. I just told him. I just told him, I, I'm so, I think I'm in love with you and I can't love you because I'm in another relationship, but the relationship where I am in, it's this, 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 and that. And he looked at me and he's like, wait a minute, rewind. What did you just say? And I'm like, what part? What part? And he's like, keep the feelings for me part and just let, what happened? What did you just tell me? And, and I told him, what was I going through? And he looked at me and, and I remember his face and he's like, no, this is not, this is not right. And then after I had that conversation with him, I, I called my, no, I drove to my best friend's house. I sat on our couch and I cried for the entire night. And I, and I told her everything that was going on with my ex-husband. And what really shocked me was that she looked at me and she told me leave leave now and I never expected her to do that I thought that she was going to tell me no you have to save your marriage oh my god what are you doing you know no she sat next to me and told me you leave you deserve to be happy he's not right for you and she never left me alone by the way She's one of the only person in, in all this story that sat with me, gave me a place to stay, and be the, she was there for me when nobody else was. Uh, hold my hand. She still holds my hand every time that I have a problem. But never judge me. She told me, you deserve to be loved. And then, you know, and then I started to share it with other people. And other people were like, well, leave. Nobody told me to stay. Everybody told me to leave. And I found the courage to do that. 
uh, and in perspective, despite how hard it was, because also people that decide to leave needs to understand abusive relationship needs to understand that um, it's not easy. You need a lot of help and you need a lot of support and it's hard. But that it's so worth it and it's so worth it. So my, my, what I can tell the people is share and listen to what people have to say and ask for help. These are the things that are the key to leave an abusive relationship. Talk and ask for help. And then you take the power from the abuser, you take it away. Because in the moment that you start sharing, in the moment that you start to ask for help, in the moment that your eyes getting open, then that, that's it. They don't have any power on you anymore. And you gain that power in your hands. Most of the times, everything it's a, goes ends yeah. up being okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. If that is your advice, yeah, that would be my advice. Yeah, I I think <laughs> people, I think there are people who will resonate with your story, and there are going to be people who listen to this who are like, I need to hear this. I hope so. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. And my God, I really appreciate you having me. And I also have to see you, which is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's been really nice. But I just want to say to everyone listening if you do resonate with Eleanor, with her story, down below in the show notes, I will have how you can connect with her, her Instagram, Mm -hmm. all the ways to connect with her. Go find her, read her words, and. I think you'll find them very supportive if you're if you're like oh my gosh this is me <laughs> or this was me you know and you know feel free to contact me I answer everybody all the time yes. so um, you know if you're going through anything just feel free to contact me we'll, we'll get through it together yeah that's sweet that's sweet yeah. well again thank you so much thank you my love <laughs> and thank and you to everyone I know, I know, I know, I know. I can't wait to see you again. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you to everyone listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.